rock down? All right, fantastic. So it looks like it's time to start the podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Shop Talk brought to you by Long Two Four Go. I'm your co host, Chris Sulame, and I'm here with my great, well, actually, I'm not here with my great friend. Today, we are all virtual on Zoom today with my great friend, Mr. John Palmieri. And we have an amazing guest today. We are here with somebody who we just met uh, through a referral through a friend. Thank you, Leah Freeman. Um, an amazing uh, young stylist, somebody who hasn't been a lifetime in the career yet, um, but has done things that most people are trying to figure out and dreaming about and really working hard at. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's taken her work and taken it from, you know, I'll just say it like this. I, I scrolled all the way back on your page, Megan Scapani. Oh, gosh. Or at... <laughs> Schmegs and bacon. I scrolled all the way back and I've watched your work evolve from when I could tell that you were testing things and just starting out and have really, I mean, in a short, I'm sure I know there was a lot of work in it, but in a short window of time gone from doing normal work that people are doing in salons and really starting to put out what I consider world-class, you know, uh, hairdressing work as well as color that's just, you know, unbelievably inspirational. So welcome, Megan. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) Awesome. And you, you know, took this on a referral. And so we really appreciate it because none of us have ever met before. And, um, you know, we we love to bring people on that are inspirational, that we think have a message to share. Um, And it's obvious that you've been out there sharing your message. And we want to, you know, we can't wait to help uh, make that a little more of a thing. So with that being said, John, how do you want to start this conversation out? You know, you're my favorite place to start. Um, I always like, I always find it really interesting and in how people got into this industry because I think some of us got here by accident. At least I'll speak for myself. So Megan, why hairdressing? How did this happen to you? How did you get here? So I feel like I kind of got here by accident, but I yeah. feel like, I feel like it was, this is where like I feel at home. Um, but I was I went to school for a year and a half for graphic design. I went to college for a year and a half. Um, and it just wasn't for me. Um, I also don't think that I was really in the headspace at the time and just was like not focusing, not going to class, like partying too much, like just not focused on going to school. Like it just wasn't something that I was ready for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasted a lot of time and money, which was great, really fun. And I ended up leaving after a year and a half and just kind of was pretty lost at the time, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, So I started working at Starbucks and I worked at a Starbucks near my house. I live in a small little town called Cloverly in Maryland. And there was like one grocery store where everybody went, it was a Safeway and there was a Starbucks inside and I worked there. Um, And I ended up working there for like, right. I ended up working there for like five or six years. and became like the lead which is just like Mm -hmm. a shift manager basically Mm -hmm. and I worked with this woman Veronica and she was amazing and um she was like the hardest worker that I ever met and she was in her 50s I think and she um struggled a lot and I watched her struggle a lot and I you know I worked I worked there full time and I was like, you know what, this is where I'm going to work for the rest of my life. Like I'm going to work at Starbucks until I retire. And like at one point, part of me was like, I like, that's not what I want. Like, I feel like I am meant for more. But another part of me was like, because I was struggling so much with different things. I was like, you know what, like, this is fine. Like, this is as good as it's going to get. Like, I'm going to work here until whenever. And I got to the point where I was like, okay with it. And then I met my ex-boyfriend and he worked there. <laughs> Thank God for ex-boyfriend. Yep. Well, right. I know. He worked there too, but he was like a manager above me. So I mm-hmm. couldn't work there while we were dating and I ended up getting fired. And like, John has a no dating people in your organization rule, by the way. It's <laughs> a really bad idea. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It the is. only thing it's good for is life changes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know if I would be here if that had right. exactly. to leave. Yep. So <laughs> I left that job and um, didn't have a job. I was working like little gigs here and there where I could. 
I worked at a sandwich shop down the street. We, we moved in together and I worked at a sandwich shop down the street. I didn't have a car. I had like, was completely dependent on him. I had like, no, nothing, nothing going for me basically. Like it was, <laughs> it was a rough time. And so my best friend's mom who, um, was super important to me. She was like a second mom. She, um, found this salon and I think that her daughter wanted like my my best friend's younger sister who who I also was friends with I think that she went there to get her hair done at the time and she saw that um they were hiring for the front desk and was like why don't you go apply here like you're into fashion you're creative like this could be something that you might like aka get off your butt and stop watching lifetime like all the time I was literally doing nothing I was a bum so I went and I applied I got the job at the front desk and I worked the front desk for about a year and my boss at the time um she was like you know why don't you try the apprentice program you're not you're not doing anything else like why don't you just try it out and see if you like it if you don't like it you don't like it so I tried I hated it um hair it had never even occurred to me in my life to do hair so like I was just cleaning up after people I was basically just like the salon slave yeah 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 it's different, I think, when it's your passion and you know that you're working towards like your goal, but it just wasn't on the radar for me. So I was like, I hate this. I want to quit. Yeah. And my boss was like, you cannot quit. You don't have a backup plan. And she told me no. that probably five times. I, I tried to quit like once a week for, for a good period of time. Um, but I'm glad that I didn't, obviously. And she wouldn't let me, which was, I'm, I hated her at the time for it, but I love her now for it. So I finished my apprenticeship and then I started getting to take models after hours and getting to do, I did my first creative color and it was a bit of a disaster, but I loved it. You loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, well, wow, this is really cool. Like I actually, like I dig this because it was a different medium of art that I had never had never occurred to me, but it was really, really cool. And once I started doing creative color and seeing how mm-hmm. I could apply like my artistic side to it, it just like started to click and it it was a slow progression in a way, but it was also just like like really quick. Mm-hmm. So I started taking models whenever I could. Um, the salon that I worked at was very conservative, so we didn't have that clientele. So that's the reason why I started my Instagram in the first place was to see if I could find people. Um, put a couple model calls out, didn't get really anything. Um, my sister, her best friend who I've known since she was in diapers, replied and was like, yeah. hey, she's like, total She's like, yeah. hey, you can do whatever you want to my hair. And I was like, great. So she be- quickly became like one of my models. And I, yeah. I gathered a small little collection mm-hmm. of people and started just whenever I could, you know, creating content with them and posting on my Instagram. And it was, it was a slow but fast. I know that sounds weird, but like I, it felt like it was slow. But when I look back, like it's only been three years since that. Yeah started and it's just yeah you're you're saying so much interesting stuff like you've been you've been tugging on heartstrings and kind of making points that I want to um first of all what a killer story and just congratulations and like you know I think about this all the time there's a couple of things that that we say often on our podcast is number one we believe hairdressing saves people's lives right um and I love that you talked about what was the woman's name at Starbucks again? Your your manager, the hardest working woman, uh, Veronica. Veronica, like yeah. like like cheers to you, Veronica. Like she, you know, obviously found you know a way to make her life work. And to me, she's like, I've talked with some people and they and they say, you know, in the hair world, like, well, I don't really have a mentor, this or that, or I'm, I'm doing. But like Veronica to me is like your first mentor in a, in the way of like teaching you kind of what you didn't like you, you admired her work ethic and her heart and her person, but it was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to, you know, and the struggle part, um, there's a lot of people out there that are, that struggle and then they found hair. 
right. you know, and it's like, and they didn't find, like you got, you kind of got pushed in like, Hey kid, you're not doing anything else. You might as well get up. <laughs> but what a cool, um, what a cool thing that is. I mean, and I think of all the mothers out there um, who are single momming it as a hairdresser and maybe not loving hairdressing, but they're doing it because they're single momming through it and they're being that mentor and their kid grows up and goes into tech or whatever. And I, I just, I just, my, my, like my hat goes off to, I'm going to leave my hat on, but <laughs> my hat goes off to um, that. And for you as a young person at that time to see her as that, like, that's just, that's just incredible. So um, that's, a, that's an amazing share. I'm, Thanks. You're, you started, John, can I start to start to push right in? Because the content creation piece um, of social, I think, is really on the minds of a lot of people right now, especially yeah. busier stylists. And you sort of, I tell people all the time, look, when you're in your first couple of years, you have something that veteran stylists that are behind the chair don't have. You have time, right? Like, you have time. And you know, they're just trying to like get through the, like get to seven o'clock, get right. home, feed the kids, put them, you know, so you, you saw this window of time. Um, you're in, you're exactly like our girls. They're in a conservative area. You know, yeah. we don't really have this clientele and you put, you put the model call out there in looking back. Could you unpack a little bit more of that? Um, and how it started to get good, and then maybe what some of your processes started to become. Yeah. And um, um, let me add just a smidge of content for, for those who, you know, don't. We interrupt, by the way, on here. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah what, <laughs> for, uh, I'm, I'm going to interrupt myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for those who uh, are, don't understand the context of where Megan comes from, you know, I'm looking at her Instagram following right now. Eight, 85,000, right? So somewhere along the way, we have Megan who's, you know, working on her first client, her first, you know, color client, you know, creative color in a conservative area. And she went from zero to 85,000 followers on Instagram, right? In, and in four years. In four right? years. Four years ago, we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I, I entered this world, this hairdressing world at the perfect time. Um, a lot of things, when I think back, it's kind of crazy because I feel like a lot of the things that I thought I wanted for myself didn't work out. And at the time I was just, you know, mm -hmm. upset or how, what am I going to do now? But like everything all kind of aligned in the perfect timeline now that I look back. Um, and I came into this hairdressing world on Instagram at the perfect time. Like at the time that I came in, vivids were, vivids had changed a lot. Vivids yeah. were becoming more wearable, more popular. Um, artists were putting a different spin on them. They were, it was becoming this like work, these works of art um, mm -hmm. that people were having a different appreciation for. So I'm definitely lucky for that. I, when I, when I originally started my Instagram, I don't know that I had the intention of, actually that's a lie. When I started my Instagram, I wanted it to grow. Um, I watched, there were a couple influencers at the time that I was watching, like they, they were just exploding. And I was like, I want that. Like, I want to get to take these models. Like I want to get to go do these photo shoots, like go on these trips, have these brands like take me around. Like, I want that. Like that just seems so amazing. So I started my Instagram for that reason. Like that was like a, in the way back kind of thing. And then in the front, it was like, I want to get people in the salon that I can practice on. Like, I want to get models that I can create content on. And like you said, it was a conservative salon. It was mostly like suburban moms that want to root touch-ups and highlights, which is great. That's like the bread and butter for a lot of people's business. It just was not what I wanted to do. So I started putting model calls out. Like I said, it was slow at first. Um, but the more, one thing that I always say to people when they are starting their page is put out what you want to attract. So I wanted young, cool, hip girls that would wear, you know, anything. anything that would let me put my art on their head that had like a cool style. I wanted like a, a specific relationship. Like I wanted them to trust me. I wanted to trust them. Like I wanted it to flow. I wanted to find people that trusted my vision so I could do these things and they would wear them. Like one thing about doing 
models is that you do want to be able to do whatever you want on this person, but you also want them to love their hair because absolutely nothing yeah. is better advertisement than a girl who loves her hair. Like it's obvious when people don't, you know, and like they're just going to put it up in a bun or they're, you know, whatever, if they don't like it. So I feel like I kind of just, I was lucky. Like I found a few girls that would let me do whatever they wanted until I moved recently. Like I still had all of those girls were letting me do their hair every month or every month or two. Mm -hmm. um, and so once you find those people, it's great because then you, every month or two, you have a new color that comes in. What I usually would like to do is when somebody comes in, when one of my models would come in, I would do their color on like a Saturday evening mm -hmm. and then see if they were free Sunday for a shoot. Uh -huh. So, ah. yeah. So like, I know that a lot of people do not have the time to have these full blown photo shoots. It's just not, right. it's not reasonable in a salon setting. And, 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 uh, and so talk about the shoot for a second. Like, do I have to have a perfect, like, yeah. what, is, okay. what is that process as well? So when I first started, which I'm sure you saw some of those photos when you scrolled back, um, <laughs> I, yeah, so I, everything that I did, I just kind of was like, I'm just going to figure this out on my own. I used yeah. my iPhone. The iPhone has a great camera. Yeah. Um, I shot everything like on a, at first, at first I shot it like on the salon wall with a ring light, tons of mm -hmm. shadowing, yeah. um, mm -hmm. which was still fine. Fine. It just... It's funny because like when I look back on, on the way that things have evolved, like strictly in my photos, you know how you get those like mm -hmm. Facebook time hops that'll be like three years ago today, I'll yeah. see a photo and just be like, oh my God, not that like it's bad, but just that there's so many things that you learn along the way. And mm -hmm. it just like, it's just really cool to watch the evolution. But anyway, so I used to take them on my, my iPhone with a ring light. Um, and then I just... I would spend hours like I just would spend hours it was something that I was really interested in photography and photo shoots like I've always enjoyed looking at photos like especially like editorial is something that I'm mm -hmm. I love so I would just like spend some time studying photos looking at lighting seeing like what I could do to improve the next time and each time I would have a photo shoot like I thought it was great like I was like wow that went great like these photos look great and then I would go home and kind of study them and be like okay wow like there's like color on her face. Like I need to make sure next time to get that off because that's distracting. I don't know how to use Photoshop. Like mm -hmm. I just need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, her, her shirt doesn't match. The backdrop yeah. is wrinkly. Like yeah. I just started paying attention to those things. Um, and then I, when I, when I started working at my last salon right before I moved, I worked at Be Seen and Lynn bought the salon a Nikon DSLR camera. <clears throat> so we had a DSLR. I'd never used one before. Um, it's very intimidating when you first start. And I know yeah. I've gotten tons of DMs. Like, how do I use, like, how do I use this? I don't know how to use this. Mm -hmm. And my biggest advice would be to just use it. Shoot like, shoot with it. Yeah, like, just until you figure it out, which is what I did. And it is a tedious process. But I probably spent, like, I don't even know, probably, like, 100, 200 hours behind that camera, like, figuring things out before. And I still feel like I have a lot to learn. Um, mm -hmm. But that upped my game a lot. Like a DSLR camera, the quality of the images and the things that you can do and the things that you can shoot is just like, I mean, the iPhone is great. The camera is amazing. But for sure, me, it's sure, just sure. like taking things up for me in a sense that it's so crystal clear and it's captured everything exactly how it is that it almost forces you to make sure that like the hair in front of you is right. perfect. Mm -hmm. Like there's no room for error with a DSLR. So it's kind of like, it pushes your it pushes your game up a little bit. Um, Are so yeah, you so, still shooting? A, you know, what's the percentage of your shots that you're still sh like? Are you still shooting everything that we're seeing on your Instagram, or are you working with? Like, no, have you I still shoot everything. I'm a psycho. Yeah. I'm literally like <laughs> such a control freak. I don't know. I have never worked with a, a photographer. Not that I wouldn't want to. I just haven't yet. Um, I just feel like when I do. A shoot I have such a specific vision and I'm not the best at communicating like I've worked with other people and not been like oh like they're not great like I can't work with them it's more like I don't know how to 
put this into words yet. Yeah. Like it's something that I'm learning because I do want to work, especially with other photographers for those studio lighting. Like there's a lot that I need, that I still need to learn and would love to work with somebody like that. I just need to figure out how to better like get that vision across because it's hard. Well, but. what I love about what I love about your answer, you know, your your truth, authentic answer is um, that, that it takes excuses away. If I'm a stylist who wants to create content, right? So, like, I did it on a Saturday night. I did the, and a lot of people try. I've actually been trying to sh do content and shoot. In fact, yesterday I did it. I had a model come in. I did her hair and we shot after like the whole process. But like by that point, you're like worn out. Yeah. It's like. Oh my God, I just did all this now, you know, now I just want to, so I love the idea. Um, I love that you did it on another day and the other pieces that you're shooting your own, you're shooting your own. So, um, you know, it, yeah. and you figured it out. Um, we've been doing the same thing with video editing. I mean, I'm spending a lot of time editing video right now for another type of thing. And yeah. it's like, the only way to do it is to just learn it. You just have to sit there and do it. And it's a yeah. beast, but yeah. you have to do it. it is. Yeah, you know, I'm sitting here actually looking at your your Instagram feed as as we're you know going through this interview, and, and there's a couple of things that pop into my head. The first one is, you know, you may not have a photographer doing your work for you, but your photos are amazing, right? So somewhere along the way, you know, in learning how to tame that beast, for lack of a better way to put it, of the DSLR. I mean, I look at the pictures here and I, I think they're just as good of a quality as any photographer that you could possibly hire. Thank um, you. I'm sure we're all self-critical, right? We tend to look at things and go, oh, if I only did this different, if I only did that different. Yeah. Um, but, but from a, an outsider looking at your work, it, it's beautiful. Um, Thank you. I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, how to get this done, you know, beyond the technical piece of learning how to use the camera. But I think what you know, one of the things we talk about in this um, podcast is, you know, the change that's moving forward in the industry. And we touched base a little bit earlier about how you kind of, you felt you came in at the right time, you know, as Instagram yeah. was just starting to blow up and especially for hairdressers. But now we've got hairdressers, you know, who want to make this part of their career, right? They want to get on Instagram. They, they want to post their work. They want to do photography and learn. And actually learning how to use a camera isn't the hardest part. The hardest part now is I'm booked how the heck am I going to get this done? You know, I'm, I'm double booked throughout the day. I've got, you know, 12 clients today. I, I, I don't have time to shoot. And so I'm stuck. You know, I, I want to move my career forward. I might even want to change who my clients are a little bit, right? Because I see all this work and it, it re-engages me as a hairdresser, as an artist, right? Yeah. Um, yet I don't have time, John. I've got all these clients. I'm booked. I just, I can't get it done. And, and so with right. that comes a certain frustration, right? That people feel stuck, right? Totally. Thoughts around that, feedback? Yeah, I have a couple things. Yeah. So I never realized, it never occurred to me that growing your Instagram or like having you have like a big Instagram following or like doing content creation on Instagram wasn't everybody's goal until not that long ago. Yeah. Like I didn't understand when I worked at my my first salon why the stylists that were fully booked behind the chair, like doing the root touch ups and the highlights, like why they didn't care. I was like, why don't like this is like why don't you care about this? But like it just wasn't their goal. Like they were fully booked, like they had everything they needed. Like it just wasn't and I, I never really got that until probably like a year ago when I moved to to another salon where like that was everyone's goal. Um and just from meeting a lot of people at shows and talking to them and them being like, I'm a salon owner. Like I have, I'm on a different track. Like this is different. But then I met, do you guys know who Chris Jones is? I do not. Okay. Chris Jones. I I met him probably like a year ago. Yeah. I met him last year at the behind the chair show. He um, fully booked. He's very well known for haircuts. Um, he's fully booked on at his salon. He, he has a salon. He's fully booked. I mean, on the, he, has tons of tons of tons of clients a day, mm -hmm. and he um, was kind of feeling the same way. Like he wanted to start his page, and he started his page like pretty con like being very consistent about it. Probably like a year ago, and he blew up. He got somebody to help him with his page, yeah. which is mm -hmm. I think key if you're fully booked and you don't have time 
and you're struggling with that, like getting an assistant just to specifically help you with photos or videos mm -hmm. um, is a huge help because you do your client and then you're like, all right, I'm going to hand you off to so-and-so. Like they're going to take your photo and you're going to go check out whatever. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And he has grown. I mean, I think he's up to almost like 150 hours. Like he just exploded. 3,000. Like yeah. exploded. Wow. Um, wow. He what he does is very on trend. So, uh, you know, he's cutting those bobs and, and lobs that every, every girl wants. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, he has gotten, I believe he has like someone, he either takes them, quickly takes them himself or he has an assistant help him. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that I used to do when it wasn't, I didn't have the luxury of creating my own schedule and building the time in um, if you don't have the time to stay after hours and come in on your days off, like not everybody has that luxury. And I know that I'm lucky because I have no boyfriend. I have no kids. I got yeah. no priorities. So I can do that whenever I want, <laughs> which is great. The second female um, version of me. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't hang out with John too much. He will try to get you married off. This is number one goal right. in life. Yeah. <laughs> now, my, now my number one goal in life is to get you married, Crystal. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, so I got all the time in the world, but I I do realize that that is a luxury. Um, so one thing that I used to do before I had that um privilege was I would build time into my book, whether it was like fifteen minutes, like just a window. Right. Um, a lot of times I ended up running over because I was very slow yeah. and learning, but I would build like a little bit of extra time into my book um, just for that quick photograph. Right. It's something that if that is your goal on, in, like if your goal is to start growing your Instagram following, like you have to put the work in and you have to make it a priority. Like I understand that people are super busy. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, but if that's something that you want to do, like you have to, especially now, like yeah. Instagram is so saturated and influencers are such a thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, people are, brands are signing with people and like, it's very competitive. Like if yeah. this is something that you truly really want, like you have to go on and you can't just like have to it. Um, yeah. You got to commit, you got to like, if, if it means building time into your book, like an extra 10, 15 minutes, if it means getting an assistant, hiring a videographer, hiring somebody to help you, like go around to your local art schools, see if there are people that are studying videography or photography that would want to come intern, help you. Like there are ways that you can get those people in. Um, I just feel like you just have to, like, if it's something that you really want, you have to just make it happen. Um, so those would be like the two things that I would suggest, like see if you can find someone to help you take your photographs or build a little bit extra time into your book so that you can. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do you approach Instagram differently now that, you know, with 85,000 followers, right? And I'm a, a book that's as busy as yours is now. Do you approach Instagram differently than when you first started? So I actually don't work behind the chair anymore. Um, okay. Yeah. So I moved out here at the end of February to start working for behind the chair as a visual editor. Mm -hmm. So what I do now, basically I'm part-time content creator, part-time mm -hmm. visual editor. So I get to take all the photos and curate all the content when we have photo shoots out here. Yeah. Um, so behind the chair has a house out here that is specifically for content creation. And we have brands come and they let us basically like create content for them to use for Instagram and for social. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm in charge of getting those photos that will do well on Instagram, um, getting the content that will get engagement on their pages. It's something that I, spend a lot more time than I want to looking at. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm constantly on Instagram, just looking at those things. So mm -hmm. I've learned what does well and like what photos, what angles, like different things that sound psycho, but like are really important. Um, oh, dude, there's so, like, that's the one thing, you know, I want to say to the, the very good hairdressers out there that suck at taking photos you're still a good hairdresser. Like you don't totally. suck and your clients look amazing walking out the door. Totally. But, but the reality is, is that there's a, there's a skill in that. And there's a, it's almost, it's a mixture of a science and an art. Is it not? There's, yes, you know, absolutely. there's some that work architecturally. And then there's some things that just simply don't work. And it can literally be the sun was behind a leaf 
three seconds ago and it moved down and you're outside yeah. and now your color complete like it's that much right yeah totally yeah um my first salon when i was an apprentice i worked i was lucky enough to work under actually my old roommate i ended up living with her too um work under her for the last six months of my apprenticeship and she taught me so much she's an incredible hairdresser like every client that would walk out the door just like looked amazing like i i would blow dry her clients so i I could just like see how full her colors and her haircuts were like amazing. Um, she at the time was like, that was never her goal to be on Instagram. Like she was fully booked making like tons of money. She was like the top seller at the salon. Um, she has recently been more wanting to get on Instagram because I think, yeah, um, I moved away unfortunately. So like I can't help her now but she is like starting to want to know and want to have to do those kinds of things. And it, it is like, it's something that is, I've taught a couple classes on photography and I want to teach some more because it is something that I'm really passionate about. And I never really consider myself a photographer, but I do feel like I know enough that I can help people learn how to take photos of hair. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and anytime I've taught classes, like sometimes people are just like, wow, like that just seems so simple, but like, it makes such a big difference. It's crazy how those tiny tweaks can just like change the whole view of like the work that you've just spent hours doing. Like, it just seems to me like a disservice almost cause you create like this beautiful work and it just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so I've, I've got two leading questions, and then, John, I'm wondering if after this we start to move into, because I want to talk about hair color, too, because you're obviously a very passionate and amazing hair colorist yep. in the type of hair color that you love to do. But um, if, if I'm listening, I'm a, senior, I'm a veteran stylist, I'm listening to Shop Talk, you know, wow, Megan Scapani, I'd never heard of her, but boy, this is really interesting. Maybe I want to try this out. Oh my God, I just checked out Schmegs and Bacon on Instagram and, right. you know, holy shit, I want to do this stuff. Um, <laughs> if, if I'm having that moment right now, mm -hmm. but I don't understand the benefits of growing, a lot of hairstylists that are veterans, those people, you know, I started in the 80s, like late, late 80s when I started doing hair. Um, are they, do you, what are the new benefits now? For somebody who doesn't see themselves doing what you're doing um, and doesn't necessarily see themselves leaving the chair, mm -hmm. uh, can, can it still benefit my business as a, as a you know, normal hairdresser in a salon? Um, I think that when you are looking to, I think it's important to ask yourself, you know, like it seems like right now everybody, feels like they need to be on social media because it's what everybody is doing. I think it's important to ask yourself like what your goal is from it. Like if you are fully booked behind the chair, like what are you looking for? Are you looking to be a brand educator? Are you looking to be like a brand ambassador? Are you looking to switch your clientele up? I think it just depends on like what it is that you're like wanting to shift mm -hmm. in terms of switching your clientele up. That can be a little bit tricky at first. Like if you, if you are doing mostly blondes, mostly say like you specialize in balayage mm -hmm. and you're wanting to switch up to vivids a little bit. If you are, if you haven't fully grown your page yet, that's actually a good time to switch it up. Mm -hmm. Um, because it can be hard once you grow your page and you're known for something specific. If I post a balayage, literally no one cares. And it's so depressing. Like, <laughs> it's, like I hate that. I actually like care about likes and numbers and it, social media is amazing, but it also just like gets in your head, but it's, it's a great time if you haven't really started yet to switch your clientele up. So that would be the perfect time to think about like what you really want to do and like what you want to specialize in, what you want to be known for. If you are feeling like balayage and blondes are like great, but it's like not giving you what you need. Um, you could always, there's two things that you could do. You could switch. Um, you could start like I did putting model calls out, like trying to find somebody, just get one head, one head of hair and start doing vivids on that person and posting photos and, hashtagging, hashtagging is a big thing in the beginning. And, and I've um, noticed you don't mind posting the same model six, eight times, like, you know, people, like a, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. People sometimes yeah. were like, I already posted that. And I'm like, yeah, but three people saw it, like keep posting it. It looks beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so or- one thing that I do when I do just jumping back really quick for the content creation is I will get six or seven or eight or as many possible looks as I can in one day so that I have content for to last me for months. Um, and I don't care if it's the same person, like, cause I'll do different looks. And I think that those like people start to recognize those people and they actually really like it. Like the, the first creative hair color model that I've ever had, her name is Emily and I love her to death. And she actually just got flown out here recently to be a model at the BTC house and do a content creation. And it was like a very full circle moment because like, it just was really cool, but people love her on my page. Like anytime I post her, they're like, Oh, I love her. Like people hair, tons of hairdressers follow her now. So like, I don't, I think that that's kind of cool actually. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And I just rambled and got sidetracked. I don't remember what I said. No, about. that was great. Yeah. No, that, that was great. I mean, we can um, let, you know, what, Let's kind of move towards that, actually, the Vivid right. Special. You just, you just gave a lot of great stuff. Uh, number one, make time, switch it up, and then take a look at really what you want to do. Mo- I don't think most hairdressers do that. It's like I had this client. I took yeah. a picture of it. I posted it. Um, but recently, I was talking with one of our stylists who really, she's known for short haircutting in our company. She's yeah. a great short haircutter. Yeah. But she wants to do more extensions, and she's a great extensions and right. uh, educate. And I, I was like, look just trust me on this. So I'm glad I gave good advice because I'm listening to you. (laughs) I was like, just post hair extensions. Don't post anything else. I know that you do really cool short haircuts. I know that you're a great rate. Just post hair extensions. And she's been doing that. And I know that there's going to be a time and space between the benefits. So hopefully this conversation will keep her push there because she does amazing hair. And she has done the video partner thing. That's the other thing that you said that was really um, I want people to hear is, is that in, I'm talking about our Grayson location right now. I'm talking about Michelle and Austin. They sort of have made this mutual agreement that they'll shoot little video clips of each other for each other. Um, and they're working in tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful thing to do. And I think people are afraid to ask people for help when it comes to social media. I think there's almost this, um, if I teach them that, they'll steal it and start using it. Right. And it's just like, you know what? If they're going to learn it, they're going to they're gonna figure it out. And if they, have the, if they have the energy and they put forth the effort to make theirs better, then good for them. You know? Keep up. Yeah. Um, and chances are, on. like, it's probably already on social media. It's like, already there head. anyway, right? Yeah. So, but work yeah, together. So- I mean, you know, work together. Like, work together. Vivid hair colors are one of those things that blow up on Instagram and they get, they get tons of attention, but in salons, I don't think they've caught fire to the, to the, to the degree that they could have. And I'm talking about your normal salons across America. I think a lot of that is because we don't know how to maintenance it. We don't know, you know, we don't really understand vivid colors. And there's this, you know, for the average hairdresser, it's like, well, it's a, it's a direct eye. So it's just going to fade. So talk a little bit about like, vivids and hair color and you know how to kind of um give us some tips there okay so i have learned a ton about vivids are a whole nother world and they are a labor of love um yeah because they're not easy right are they ever easy (laughs) okay i mean it just like takes a lot to do a vivid color yeah Um, it's it's partly your fault because you make it look easy Right. <laughs> right that's true um, i feel bad i feel bad for that because i i don't want to give like false <laughs> false hope it is i'm sitting here looking at your instagram feed going hey you know what i could do that little bit later on this afternoon yeah, yeah. but it it ain't it ain't because i've been trying some lately and i'm like jesus yeah. <laughs> it is rough but it's it's rough, but I love it. So yeah. it just is something that, I mean, even, even certain times I'll just be like, Oh, like, I don't even want to do it. Like I'll do thing. Bye. You just, I'm going to give you this yellow. <laughs> <and it's gonna laughs> be- <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of work. I think that, um, I, there was a ton of trial and error for me when I first started doing vivids, there weren't as many vivid lines out as yeah. there are now. Um, so I was playing around with what was out and, you know, struggling a lot with certain things, struggling with figuring out like what level to lift to, struggling to figure out what 
colors you can put on certain levels, what colors you can't. Um, struggling to, to see like what would pick up. Like there's nothing worse than doing a full head of vivids and rinsing it and it just like not picking Didn't up pick in certain areas. Oh, like that's oh. the worst. I've had the worst. Yep. Woof. It's so bad. So <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I have learned, and this is something that still, I hate it. I hate bleaching hair. I literally hate bleaching hair. If there's anybody wow. that's listening to this out there that wants to just come do all my bleach outs, like I will pay you. I hate it more than anything. It stresses wow. me out. Oh my God. I hate it. Um, and I've that hated it since I first started doing hear. it. Oh, I hate it so much. Yeah. It's just like, and you have me. to do it. Like it's a part of the deal, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah you have no to. getting around it. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, um, I've gotten better. Definitely. I've gotten better, but I just like gives me so much anxiety, but <laughs> I have kind of forced myself and learned that if you can get the head to a nine, mm -hmm. like you just have way possibilities, a nine or a 10. Um, you can still do a vivid color with, a level seven but it just is it's not the same like you're a little bit more limited um so one thing that i i would recommend um and i this is what i did in the beginning i started doing vivids over top of a balayage mm -hmm. so i would do a balayage and mm -hmm. then you know how when you balayage you have all a whole range of levels yeah, and then hair, you have right? like yeah tons like you have different areas where it's you know a seven progresses all the way into like a nine on the ends and I would start color melting on balayages because there were so many different levels. And I would see like, what is picking up on what areas? Like, what do I need? Like, where do I need a darker shade? Like, mm -hmm. where can I put this light palette? Pastels, if you want a pastel, it's gotta be on a level nine or a 10. Um, sure. Sure. I like that you're saying nine because I see so many people just burning the shit out of the hair sometimes. And I'm like, it doesn't need to melt in order to get a color on it. Like you, you actually don't want it to melt, you know, right. and even, yeah. even to get a typical icy blonde, I'm seeing people with snowflakes, blow drying hair with snowflakes stop. all over the place. And it's like, stop it. That's not the deal, you know? Yeah. Um, and I also, so, okay. So let me rewind a tiny bit. Vivids, I think in terms of a vivid in the salon, it's a little bit different when you're doing a model for content creation because you basically can 100%. do whatever you want. But when a client comes into you uh -huh. with a vivid photo for inspiration, um, consultation is where it's the most important, I think, because with vivids, it's just unpredictable. Like vivids are unpredictable, um, especially in the beginning. So I think that the initial consultation is like the most important in terms of one, avoiding disappointment. Uh -huh. um, two, your client needs to understand that like, the photo that they brought in is beautiful and great and you're going to do like what you can, but it's not going to be exactly like that. Um, and it's kind of like, I like when a client comes into me with a vivid photo, like I kind of like to set the environment where like, this is going to be fun. Like we're going to get you purple hair, but like it might be a little bit different and like, like that needs to be okay. And I think that when you have that initial conversation and you lay all those things out that it just, and this I think is relevant and with any color that you do, any cut that you do, but for vivids for me, like the consultation was where it was most important because one, you know, everybody wants to look exactly like a picture and sometimes you just can't like, I'm sorry, like your hair is a level four and you're showing me pastel pink. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like if your hair is going to be healthy, like you probably will not get that today. We're going to have to start with a, a darker pink and we're going to go through some fun shades along the way. And like, we will get you there, but like, you have to be patient. So that consultation is really important. I think that talking about at home maintenance is also really important because vivids do fade. Um, Talk a little I, bit about your yeah, best practices for at home maintenance. You're probably going yeah. there, but. So what I like to say to a client when they bring a color in um, first, I like to ask them if it's, especially if it's like a pastel or a lighter shade, I like to ask them, what's more important to you, to you today, getting this color and leaving this lawn with this color or this color lasting you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of the time, like when they're spending upwards of $300, like obviously they want the color to last. So if they say that they want that pastel pink when they walk out the door, they don't want it darker or brighter. If they don't want to enjoy the fade out. So a lot of times I'll say like, we can give you 
a, a pink that's a little bit brighter and it will fade into this in a couple months and you can enjoy all the beautiful colors. Like, like a lot of vivid colors are beautiful when they fade. Oh, I love the so, fade. Same. And a lot of my clients like are afraid of it at first because it's that bright color in the beginning. But like once it starts, like after a couple washes, they're like obsessed. So I'll offer them that or I'll say, or if you want to walk out today with this pastel pink, you're going to have to upkeep it at home. And what I like to do, if that is what their goal is, is one, every client needs to be washing their hair in freezing cold water. It's a blower. Like it sucks, but it just has to happen. Um, and two, um, you can't wash your hair every freaking day. Like I have clients that are like, I wash my hair every day. Oh my God, I can't. Like I have to wash my hair every day. I'm like, well, then you cannot have vivid hair. Yeah. Like it's not going to last you. It's just all your colors are going to bleed together. Like it's just not this something that you have to think about. And if you have to wash your hair every day, like it just might not be for you, right. especially if you want more than one color. Um, but so dry shampoo, I introduced them to dry shampoo and I'm like, you can wash your hair twice a week. Even that's pushing it. Like I wash my hair once a week. I know that sounds gross, but I swear, like my hair is not gross. Um, once you train your hair, I think like, yeah, it starts well, to get on a schedule. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a normal thing for a vivid person. Totally. that wears vivids. Yeah. yeah. And then the last thing that I like to offer to somebody who wants to keep up, keep that pastel or that specific color is I will custom make them a conditioner that's colored. So I'll just take like um, whatever conditioner I think for their hair and I'll mix the color directly into it so they can put it on their hair at home. Um, yeah, and then amazing. it's almost like they're getting treatment and they're getting the color refreshed. So it's like a win-win. Um, now, obviously we're, not talking, obviously we're not talking brands right now, but I just, I want to make a connection for my own self. So I generally speaking, I could take one of my treat, let's say like a treatment and I could mix, um, you know, a select color from a select, you know, a direct dye into that. And then yeah. they would work that through. Okay. Got it. And that's basically the direction. I mean, to me, it sounds harmless, right? Like I, uh, with, 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 from yeah. what I understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. I, I love it. What I, yeah. What I like to do is, um, always start off with like half and half, like half treatment, half color. Um, and then you that. can tweak the formula. Um, yeah. If it's not as bright as they want, you can add more. If it's um, too bright, you can add more, like add less of the color. So I kind of like almost like built it in. Like I would obviously like charge it, but it was kind of built into my sure. place. Um, sure. if, they didn't, if they didn't get it, then I guess like it would be a little bit less. Um, but I usually send most people people home with it um i had some clients that would get like six or seven colors like just mm -hmm. like we're like go wild i want the rainbow right. yeah um that situation is a little bit harder because there are sure. so many colors in there but one thing that i and it's all about consultation going back to that is i would say to them you know like when this starts to fade um i can mix you up a couple different shades and you can apply them yourself um you can come back in and i can just do a refresh on you or if you want to pick your favorite color of these shades, like I can mix that for you and you can, and obviously you have to be careful about like, yeah, which you know, to shade figure out like, which, right. You don't want to put green all sure. over everything because green sure. is green, a beast on its own. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, like I tend to pick up beautifully on, on a lot of colors. So like I would say like, what's like, if I'm doing pinks and purples and blues, like what's your favorite of these shades? Like pink over purple is pretty, pink over pink, pink over blue turns purple. Like it all marries together. So like that works, you know? Um, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Dude, this, is awesome. this is awesome. This is, I have not had a, I haven't had an intelligent conversation about Vivids with anybody to date. Yeah. So it's, it's like, this is That's like really, yeah, that was, and I love the condition, I love the conditioner piece. Um, what I and, think Go ahead, John. What, what I think is great is that most of those things that you just brought up are, I hate to use the word common sense, but I'll use it for the sake of this conversation. You know, you can't use water that's so dang hot, the wallpaper's peeling off the walls, right? Um, it's got to be cold water, right? Um, pretty simple. Yeah. You can't wash your hair every single solitary day, you know? It's just or, or, one, or even the, right? Like even four times, three times a week, whatever, like well, once. I don't know that though. Like it yeah. seems like people really just are like, Oh, I can't like, yeah. they don't know. You have to educate your clients because I've learned that people, I feel like I probably didn't know that before I started doing hair. Like 
it just hairs so much about chemistry and science. It's like way more than people think. Like it just really crazy. And the conditioner with the color built in, I mean, that's just genius. I mean, not only is it going to help the color stay in, you know, but what a nice little add on, right. That you can give your client to take home. It is a great add on. Yeah. So, and And you could, yeah. And you could use the brand that you're, you you know, because there's, we get it. There's color conditioners out there and things like that. But the fact that you're just using whatever brand that you're using, you know, obviously as long as it's a direct dye, right? Like, so if you don't know enough about color, you know, oxidative dyes, that's not going to work with, you know, your permanent hair color line. That's not going to, you know, like, you know, (laughs) again, you know, you gotta, you gotta hopefully um, know something about hair color, but um, man, that's, that's, that's awesome. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, God, I, you know, I feel like we've gotten so much out of this conversation. Um, John, uh, what other questions are on your mind? I don't want to take Megan's entire day, but I feel like I could talk to you for the rest of the day. So what, John? I've got nothing planned. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I think it's one of those conversations where if we're not careful, um, Megan's got nothing planned and we're going to make sure. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Because uh, we'll we'll keep talking to Megan all day, but I kind of want to review a little bit, you know, the information you gave us on, you know, on the Instagram, you know, it's a different it's an it's a different Instagram landscape today than it was four years ago. Um, you know, I love the point that you made about you know what decide what you want to do with your Instagram. You know, once upon a time it was just let's put stuff on Instagram. This is fun and let's see what happens. You know, I love your intention with I put on Instagram what I want to attract, right? Um, totally. And I, and I think that really fits for some of our senior stylists. And I mean senior, but not an older. I mean senior, like they've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah, yeah, their books are full and they see other things they want to play with now, right? They they want to play with extensions. They may want to play with vivids because I think we all as hairdressers kind of, I don't want to say put ourselves in a corner, but we kind of create a niche for ourselves because we love doing balayage or we love doing blondes or we love doing pixies. And now we're kind of in that corner and yeah. we're bored with it. You know, I'm like, I'm tired of, you know, I love pixies still, but I want to do something else. Yeah. Um, so being real intentional about how I can use Instagram to kind of maybe change the direction of my the vision clientele. and the clientele that I want to create, I think is, is, is brilliant. Um, and gives people that opportunity. The, the second I'm thing, sorry. I just want to jump in really quick. Something that I forgot to say earlier is that if your bread and butter and what makes you money and keeps you booked behind the chair is you already have that, like you can start a page that's for something else. So like, say you're fully booked for balayage, but you want to do vivids. Yeah. Um, you could start a vivid page and just like use Instagram for that. And yeah. still do your clients like whatever makes you the money or you know pays the bills. Yeah. Um, there's a, a hairdresser named Antonio Estrada, and he is very well known for braiding. Um, very well known. His whole page is like these insane, beautiful braids. Like he gets these wigs and he just like goes crazy and like right. insane, amazing. It's he's grown now. He like works with with tons of brands. Um, which is really cool, but he doesn't ever braid in the salon. Like he literally does colors and cuts all day and was never a braider until like a year ago. So you can totally, it doesn't have to, you don't have to switch your track completely and like come like change your career. You could start a page that could be just like your creative outlet and like where you explore and like play around and, you know, do that side of things. And like that could be your page. But I do think that one thing that I forgot to mention earlier is to not get, don't get discouraged if it doesn't pick up right away, especially if you are switching avenues. Like if you, even if you do have an Instagram, say you have an Instagram and you have a following already um, and you want to switch, like don't get discouraged if it doesn't get, if it doesn't take off right away, it takes a while to build an audience. And when you do build an audience for the most part, it's a very specific audience. So like my audience right now is very, specific to colored bobs like even if I post hair that's longer like it just doesn't do as well as a colored bob um and I had this conversation with um Mary who is a very big mentor to me um because I love editorial and I'm wanting to switch more towards an editorial style on my page and when I post things that are 
not close up of a colored bob, like it just doesn't do well. And right now I'm working for a brand. So engagement and likes and things like that are important, unfortunately. Um, But to like, you know, the people that you want to work with and the things that you want to do, like you need to put things that attract those people. Like even if right away you don't get that engagement, like you will, you'll get there. It takes a lag. You said there, Chris, there's a lag in time. Like there's that, that bit in the middle where people don't, like it doesn't jump right away, especially now because Instagram's insane right now. Like the albums, there's all these things where like people's posts aren't getting seen. So don't get discouraged if it, if it doesn't pick up right away, because as long as you're putting like that intention out there, then I think that, and you're working hard and you're fully committing, like you can really do anything on Instagram. Like it really does open tons and tons of doors and possibilities. Wow. That's, it's funny. I, as you were talking, I was of course trolling and it, so I was looking at a long, a beautiful long haired uh, waterfall that you did. And it's got 1700 likes. And I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. And then I clicked on a, on a Vivid's Bob and it's got 10,665. So I guess it's all in, right? It's in the eye of the beholder. Um, but um, It's so weird. It's such a weird yeah. thing. Really <laughs> oh, that that, that Bob is, so is absolutely weird. insanely beautiful, of course. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, it's discouragement is a big thing. And uh, I even, you know, silly. it's so funny because I don't even really, I think I don't care. And then I'll find myself not posting because- Oh, I'm the worst. You know, yeah. So it's awful. Yeah. yeah. Interesting stuff. Don't um, let it get in your head. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah. can, it's easier yeah, said than done. Can. Right. It's true. Yeah. Um, so you've got an audience here of some students. We, we have, a, we have a school CUNY Academy by one, two, four. We graduate about 80 students a year. We work cool. with over 130 hairdressers in our salons. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that you feel like, I mean, we just covered so much, anything you feel like we're leaving on the table in this conversation that you just want to, put out there, whether it's just inspiration or a nugget that you, we haven't gotten to yet? Um, I think that I really do truly believe, and this is from, I'm speaking from experience coming from somebody who just like felt like I was going to work at Starbucks for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the power of intention is so strong. Like if you, I remember, I remember this actually very clearly. And I think about this moment a lot when I'm looking back on like everything that's come to me in the last almost three years. Um, I remember when I was in the salon one night, like late at night cleaning the mirrors and um, behind the chair had the one shot competition. And I remember hearing about it and I remember looking at myself in the mirror. This is so weird. But I'm like looking at myself in the mirror and being like, I am going to get there. Like, I'm going to figure out a way to get myself there. Like, I want to be there. I want to win an award. Like, I just want this to happen. I wasn't sure why. Um, but I just like had a feeling that I had to get there and I had to be there and I had to be at that show. And in that moment, like, I, this is so weird. Like, looking at yourself in the mirror is weird anyways, but I, like, looked at myself in the eye in the mirror. I was like, you have to be there. And from that moment on, I took models. I stayed after hours. I was at the salon all the time, like, literally lived there. Um, any spare second that I had, I was working on a photo shoot. I was working on a creative color model. I was working on something. Um, I entered probably 30 photos that year and was like you know what I don't even know if I'm gonna get anything but like I know that I have to just like put everything into it um I didn't know anyone I knew no hairdressers only the hairdressers in my salon um I didn't know anyone behind the chair and I ended up getting nominated seven times that year um two two times in the student category and then got entered into the big shot category which is like for professional professional photo behind like a like production um they took some of my work and entered it into that and it just I went to the show I met everybody I ended up winning the student award and it was the first time that I've actually applied myself and followed through I'm horrible at following through um and had such a strong vision and strong intention and saw it through like all the way to the end and that was a big moment for me because 
like I said, I kind of was like, just like aimlessly going through life and like contempt with working at Starbucks forever, which like no shame, no shade to anyone mm-hmm. that works yeah, at Starbucks. Like yeah. Starbucks is great. Work hard. Um, it just wasn't where I saw yeah. myself. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really a really big moment for me. And then I ended up meeting Mary and the behind the chair team and things just like have never been the same. My life has completely changed. Um, but I learned in that moment that if you set a goal for yourself and you don't let anyone get in the way, don't let anything get in the way, like you work as hard as you possibly can. And I really mean like you have to just give it everything, like work hard, but then like work harder. Like if you feel like you're working hard, but you could be doing more, like do more. Because I feel like when you actually fully do that, like that is when you, that's when things happen. Like it really, I know it sounds so cheesy and corny, but like that definitely was huge for me. And ever since then, I've just like made it a clear vision. Like something this is so, this is so random and sidetracked, but I think that it's important. Something that is so funny to me and my best friend um, recently sent a screenshot of it to me. I have always like, like the last year or two, I've always said like, I want to live in California. Like I want to live in LA, like LA is so great. And I would come out here for work sometimes and be like, God, like, I hate leaving here. Every time I leave, I cry. Like I literally cry in the airport because I don't want to leave. And I finally moved here. And my friend, I was feeling, I've been feeling a little homesick. LA is, is, it's great, but it's like the highs are high and the lows are low out here. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. She sent me a screenshot and senior year of high school, we were all hanging out. My best friend went to Cornell and my other friend went to Dickinson. Like they're both so smart. Like always like, I, I always kind of felt like the bum friend. I know that sounds so weird because like <laughs> I didn't get into college right away. Like I was like, what am I going to do? Like, and they both were very goal driven and smart and like went to Cornell and all, whatever, doesn't matter. But we made a cake and we each decorated a portion of the cake. And I decorated my portion of the cake as LA in California. I forgot, like I completely forgot about that. But like, I've had that intention in my head since senior year of high school. And like, now I live here. So it's, I think that setting an intention and setting goals and just like keeping your mind completely focused on that and like trying not, I mean, life is tough. Like people, like life is just messy and hard sometimes. But like one thing that has gotten me through a lot of different like periods that were not my favorite um is having goals and after that after that year where I set that goal and I got there like that was huge for me and it just like showed me that you really can do anything that you want Instagram is a great platform to get you there but even without it like even say like not even on Instagram or even doing hair but just in life in general I feel like when you whatever that mm-hmm. intention and you really just work like furiously hard for it. Like you really can do anything that you want to do. Well, I, I want you to know, I, I know my good friend, uh, Mr. John Palmieri very well, and he is going to be stealing your one liner work hard and then work harder. I already right. stole it in my head. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yep. go for it. I'm just, John I'm just trying to, you know, while we're sitting here talking about it, I'm yep. like, so, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm creating content for the quote to put on Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you're looking at a man who he drives an hour and a half to work every morning and is there by seven a.m. and leaves later than a lot of people. And he's you know probably home by nine p.m. Uh, yeah. only to be the first one at work again uh, every first day. First in, last out. First in, last out. So hard. Yeah. Uh, John, closing thoughts. What a, what a killer conversation this has been. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's, here's, here's the funny part, right? Cause um, you know, this podcast is probably a little bit longer than, you know, what we usually do. So here's going to be the hard part. The hard part is we're going to have to go back later and edit this down a little bit so that, you know, it fits our format. I don't know what parts to edit. I don't know <laughs> that there's much we're going to be able to take out of this one. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. So, you Sorry. know, first, yeah. No, <laughs> Sorry, hey. everybody. Megan just gave you all she has. Yeah. Have to live. Yeah, please don't be sorry. Um, this was a great conversation, and I, I really appreciate your time today. So thank you. Um, it's really fun. You know, uh, one of the things that we like to know is, you know, how do people find you? How do they how do they get to know more about you? What, you know, what's your Instagram? You know, what are you doing now? How do people reach out, get to know more about Megan? Uh, my Instagram handle is Schmegs and Bacon, um, two N's. I 
love breakfast food and that's why that's my handle and like people are always <laughs> like what is like why is that your handle like what's that about and like literally because eggs and bacon is my favorite meal I eat it every single day for breakfast awesome. um so that's how you can find me on Instagram I will respond to every single DM any comment it's really important to me like I will for sure answer everyone that DMs me comments anything so if you do have any questions or you want to re reach out definitely send me a DM and I will for sure respond. Megan Scapani, what a killer conversation. Um, I'm sure you listening, thank you so much. If you hung with us this whole time, which I'm sure you did, if it was multiple car rides, we appreciate it. Um, we think you got a lot of great nuggets on this. Right. Uh, John, I think this definitely deserves the thing that you're about to ask for. Yep. So for all of those of you who love our podcast and, you know, um, share this with your friends and family, five-star review. Come on. Five star. It better um, be wicked good. Those, yeah. I've been looking at our reviews and, you know, the folks you've written some amazingly nice and generous things. So thank you very much. Yes. Um, the five-star reviews that we've got, I want to thank everybody for taking the time and effort. And if you haven't posted a five-star review yet, I just have to ask you one question. What the heck Why? is taking so long? Really? What do you the phone in your hand. Do I have to send you ice cream? Because I'll do it if I have to. Post that five-star review. Let your <laughs> friends know. Thanks for being here. That's awesome. And for salon owners um, who listen to us on a regular, just so you know, our 124go.com site is live. So, you know, if you're struggling as a salon owner or looking to get to the next level, want to know how, you know, uh, we do it in company at uh, Salon 124 Group, uh, one, two, four, go. It's live. You can contact us there and catch up with us there. You can also touch base with all of our podcast episodes as well of our, as our YouTube page. Right. Um, thank you so much for listening. You can also connect with us, of course, on Instagram. Um, and if you screenshot that you're listening to this and share it with us, we will do the same for you. So yeah, again, right. thanks everybody so much, Megan. Thank you so much for taking this time. And right. um, until next time, see you later, everybody. Peace out. Thanks, Megan. Thanks, guys. to